record button has been pressed. Earbud number two is in. Hi everyone and welcome <coughs> to the podcast. Welcome to our podcast. Conspicuous by her absence is my co-host and wife, Zoya. You know Zoya from the last episode um, of this. We introduced her on the last episode. She is in Seattle visiting her sister because her sister had surgery. Hi, Zoe. Hi, Mike. Hi, are you in Seattle? I am. Okay, thank you. And that's just confirming that Zoya is in Seattle. That's where she is. That's why she's not here right now. I'm doing a bit of a solo cast. And if I were a fan of this show, which I think I would be, and I think I am, um... I wonder if I turn that camera, uh, get another call here, video call from Zoya. Hi, Zoya. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Hey, people. I'm good. I'm doing the podcast. That's great. Yes. I already recorded uh, the names at the end and fucked most of them up. There's no way you mispronounced any of the names at the end. Not even a little bit. There's no, I don't believe it. Yeah. So why did you just call me and hang up on me like that? Because I just wanted to make it a point that if people were wondering where you were, and I said Seattle, and uh, and I wanted you to confirm that, and you and you did. So then I then we were done. Yeah, but now I want to be a part of this. What are we talking about? Uh, I literally just started. And I said, conspicuous by her absence is my wife, Zoya, from the last episode, and that you were in Seattle visiting your sister. Do you want to talk to the people while I make sure I hit record on the second camera? So we're talking shit now? Yeah, you can put me down. I'll talk to the people. Wait, hold on. Who do you think is talking shit to you? You. How? Talking shit because I'm not there. When did I talk shit? I just said you weren't here. Yeah. And I called you to confirm because it should come from you. Talking shit. Ladies, am I right? No, you can't just say ladies. Ladies. That's, it's not fair. What are we doing an old episode over, Soy? Yes. You playing the hits um, from far away? Yes. I took care of some plants today. Go check the camera. Um, I took care of plants today. Uh, I was trying to uh, bring some of Teresa's plants back to life. Like Evanescence. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying. I think I think we figured it out. Um, I think one of uh, one set of plants uh, that sat right in the window was too much light for them. Uh-huh. And then uh, I cut my mama's hair, who I haven't seen in a year and a half. Uh, I can't confirm or deny that I cried when I saw her yesterday. I can confirm it without even being there. I bet you cried. Um, I cried. I was Uh, thinking about how, um, I 100% would have cried when I saw your mom. Yeah. And, uh, I 200% will cry when I see my parents. 300% says my dad will cry. Yeah. And my mom will just be like... Come here, stupid, with a T. Yeah, my mom kept telling me to stop, and I was like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> You're doing it. I just, I can't, I love you. I love your face. Well, it's, it's different because even though they are far away and they haven't seen us, they have, they do have the rest what? of the family. <laughs> and we don't have anyone. We're just in our apartment. You know who we have? The podcast audience. Yeah, you guys have been great. Yes. I'm very thankful. I was actually just going to get on the Discord uh, when you called me and be like, hey, guys, I'm so sorry. I've just been crazy. Uh, And, yeah, that's really about it. And just apologize to them for being so absent lately. Well, uh, I mean, let's keep our... um, Absence still happening no 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 i was just gonna say (laughs) your expectations we're just we're you know what we went back to trying as hard as we can to live yeah (laughs) and work and work hard and do a good job for for everybody that's what we went back to and that takes up a lot of time yeah 
Yeah, and it's been like nonstop. Like legit, it's been nonstop the last couple of weeks. Yes, for both of um, us. I know. It, like it's it's so wild because normally it would like happen in waves, right? Like you're busy, and then I would be busy, and then one of us would always. But right now, it's just like both of us are just on it. Right. You know. Right. And that'll happen for as long as we have energy. Yeah. And I tried to. Uh, Today is Monday. I tried to take a little bit of a, a break yesterday. Yeah. And uh, that was good. I hope that you, even though you're help, helping taking care of your sister, I hope that you're feeling like you're getting a, a little bit of a break from how crazy your weeks have been as, as well. I am. My mom's been great. She's cooked me every single meal since I've gotten here. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yesterday, I scraped rust off a pan and I had an egg. That may or may not have been bad. So we're living two different lives as far as uh, calorie, caloric intake. You just got Sarge cracking up. Well, does she know how to yeah. deal with a skillet? Do you sometimes? Because I don't. End up in the garbage. <laughs> I fe- it feels like I can't throw it away simply based on how heavy it is. It feels too expensive <laughs> to throw away. Um. That's all right. Did you re-season it? Yes. Thank you. Yes, I did. It's oily. Good. Looks like a bodybuilder's chest right now. That's great. <laughs> I mean, it's working. Good. Um, <laughs> what are your plans yeah. for tonight? Do you want to play Scrabble on the internet? Oh, we, could, we could play Scrabble on the internet. I would love that. Okay, great. Um, but yeah. I love you so much. I love you too. Thank you for checking in. You're welcome. I was done talking to you, but thank you for for rechecking in afterwards. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) I mean, I'm just glad that we could get to that point. Yes. You've Um, done it. You've done it. You've done a great job. Super proud of you. I actually Um, haven't done any job yet, so maybe don't count your chickens. And I'll I'll let you know if I end up doing a good job because right now I, I haven't done any job yet. I've I've I called you and I let Just you so do you the know, job. You keep crapping, crapping. You keep crapping my mom up. Good. Yeah. You know what, dude? I had an. I'll talk about this. I had a nice conversation with my dad today, and my dad was talking about how much he likes me as a comedian, and oh, that meant a lot to me. And he was like, "I like your delivery. I like your jokes." And so I just want to make it clear to everyone else that it doesn't matter who likes me from here on out. Right. It's just that your mom is laughing. We love you. Thank you so much. So I could really give or take my relationship with absolutely everyone else except for you, Teresa and Tim. Tim sneaks in. Rigby is out. Um... My mom and dad and Zoya. Uh-huh. And then everyone else could suck eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. That's it. I love you guys very much. Yeah. And I, I look forward to losing in Scrabble because I'm dyslexic. That's all right. You're doing great. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thanks for hearing my mom in the back. Uh, <laughs> I love you guys. My mom is mad that she was on the podcast. Horrified is what she said. Tell her that we'll pay her for her pants. Okay. Uh, We'll we'll throw you. um, Mike is going to pay you for being on the podcast, mom. Okay, I got to go. All right, goodbye. Bye. And that was Zoya just confirming that she's in Seattle. Um, I did. I had a nice, a very nice conversation with my dad. And I talk to my dad uh, every day. Um, or is, it's not every day. It's, it's probably every other day. We're very close. We've always been very close. And I miss him very much. And um, obviously this whole pandemic has taken a... Uh, uh, a toll on all of us in, in different ways. And, um, one of the ways that it's affected me and us is that like, this is the longest we've ever gone without seeing our families. And, you know, we've always taken breaks and I've been far away from them and I've been traveling and we've lived here, but we, we still go home or have gone home 
you know, two, three times a year at least. And, uh, and we just weren't able to do that. So, um, we have a trip booked for July. So I, I could actually go, uh, hug my parents for the first time in a long time. And, uh, me, I never, um, I keep thinking about now that a lot of my friends and family are starting to become parents, I keep thinking about how my parents raised me perfectly. And any time I have ever fucked up or fucked off has been 100% my fault. It was like a lot of times you could blame people's parents. Where were their parents during that? How did they ever do this with, you know, if they had um, a halfway decent uh, guidance? And uh, I never really had any excuses. My parents taught me how to have empathy and respect for people. And uh, they gave me my work ethic and they gave me um, my wit or lack thereof, and um, uh, I'm just so happy that they don't think that I'm a failure. (laughs) And I never had one of those relationships with my parents where I was like, um, I have to do this so they'll like accept me or think I'm whatever. They just always wanted me to do my best and I had several hiccups along the lines uh, along the way rather and um, again that was always my fault but um, they taught me to always do my best and they taught me as long as I was taken care of everything I, I had to take care of I could be a, an artsy kid and you know they taught me how to pay my own way and take responsibility for um, my life and, and my actions. And I was able to, uh, to do that. And I'm, I'm very proud of, uh, this is where it's good to have a co-host so you could, um, the communication term for it is deflection. If I was getting into an avenue that I didn't want to explore because it was making me emotional or feel things I I didn't feel like feeling on a podcast right now. I could deflect to Zoya, but she's not here and the drum machine's not on, so that can't even save me. I just want to say that um, knowing that they're proud of me... Um, makes me proud of myself and uh <laughs> stupid talking about stupid to cry when you're talking <laughs> stupid to cry when you're talking about how proud of yourself you are on a podcast you're doing by yourself so this is the the height of narcissism but um there's just a lot of Things, emotional things I went through and a lot of doubt and a lot of like struggle that I went through um, trying to be a creative professional for a long time. And for a long time, they're the only ones who see it because I was an only child and I had friends, you know, that I was either in a band with or whatever. But whenever I was like, creating stuff from the beginning of of uh music or youtube stuff like i'm on my own and uh, trying to figure it out and then you try to figure out if you want to do it for the rest of your life and i did that and you try to figure out how you're you're going to make money to support yourself for the rest of your life and that is some of the hardest scariest shit that i've ever been through you know, not, I remember not knowing if, uh, if I was going to be able to move out of my parents' house unless I got a certain day job. And then I, I got that day job and I was, you know, obviously doing gigs for free for years and years and years at night while having a nine to five. And, uh, 
it's what you have to do, but it doesn't mean it, it doesn't take a toll on you. Um, a, another comedian who I like very much and, and respect very much, I think he's a great comedian. We were talking backstage at, at this place called the Nightcap LA in um, Burbank, which has recently um, been the host to many fun shows that I've been on. We had the, the last Friends and Friends show there. And hopefully more in the future now that we're in this weird flux period between, you know, buildings are open and buildings are starting to be open. We don't have to necessarily be outside anymore. The nightcap has this thing going where they had a venue inside and then they were able to move it outside because of the space they have on the on the premises. So I was there and I was backstage and I was talking to this guy, Brian Simpson, and we were all talking about how... Anyone can, the, the barrier of entry to being a comedian is at the, <laughs> there is none. It's at the bottom. It's as low as I can make my hand without it going off this screen right now. And, uh, you know, you could show up to open mic and be a comedian, but to be like a working professional comedian takes a lot of hard work and it's more than just, you know, you show up when you, when you feel like it, there's so much that goes into it that no one will ever know unless they dedicate their, uh, their life to it and change their thinking in a way where, um, you know, that becomes like the focus of your life. I can't think of, I have very little off time in my mind, and I promise you that <laughs> this entire episode isn't going to be, whoa, I work so hard. I'm just, I'm proud to be, um, I'm proud to be a comedian for a thousand reasons, and especially over last year, it is just, I've said it on Dynamic Banter, I've said it on this podcast, but it's just such an honor to... To have a job that contributes to like people's happiness and and their um and their mood, and uh, I don't take that lightly at all. And I've had plenty of jobs that don't matter one way or another. They don't necessarily help anyone's life. You just have a job to have a job, and I'm just um, very proud to say that this is my profession. And that um, I try to work very hard to be to be good at it. So I hope that you guys think that I'm good at it. And if you don't, you know, uh, eat dicks and keep it to yourself. <laughs> um. So okay. So I touched on. I have to let you know about this. This is the music recommendation part of the show. When I was uh, when I was growing up in Connecticut, um, I uh, was a musician, as some of you know. And for a long time, I was like acoustic guitar singer songwriter guy. And then I had a band called Mike Falzone and the Peppermint Trick for a while. My mom just mailed me a box of CDs that I think I'm gonna put up for sale on Record Store Day. So. Uh, we'll let you know if that happens. If that is, record store day is in the beginning of June, I think. June like 10th or 15th or something like that. And so we're going to do a bunch of cool stuff um, from my, we're going to sell old artifacts, old uh, uh, evidence that I was a musician back in the day. Um, probably on Mike Falzone through DFTBA. Anywho, um, we had a, a little scene going. We used to play this this spot called The Space in Hamden, Connecticut. And the four or five or six, I don't know, we'll see at the end of this list, the bands that I can remember playing with the most and have like memories that I'll, I'll never... Uh, Forget and that will never fade, even though the details might be fuzzy. It's like the best memories of my, you know, early to mid 20s were playing with uh, a band called The Smirk, which 
I just always describe them as the best band that you've never heard of. Just a straight up rock band from New Haven, Connecticut. They still have stuff on Spotify, I bet. Smirk with a Y. And uh, there was a band called Terra Luna. Terra Luna and the band called Tempest Edge, which were like the babies of the crew. They were all younger than us. And uh, a band called First Ave, which was another group of guys my age. And um, that's where the bass player from my band was actually from this band called First Ave. Another just, they're just all rock bands. And uh, there was this other band that we used to play with called Off the Bridge. And uh, it was fronted by uh, a friend of mine called Alex Marins. And uh, he was a little guy and physically low guy with just an incredible um, mind for music. And uh, we lost touch for a while because I moved and, and he moved. Everyone artsy from Connecticut from our generation either went to New York City or L.A. And I would say the split is like 98% New York City and 2% L.A. And um, he moved to New York along with many other talented musician um, friends that I have. And he kept writing music, and we reconnected recently. And uh, somebody asked me if I had heard his music, and, and I hadn't. And then, you know, thank goodness for Spotify, everything's on there now. And I looked him up, and he goes under the name D.D. Walker. Now, D.D. Walker. Uh, Dunkit Walker. And uh, I looked him up, and under this name, pseudonym, he has like five to seven songs. I'm not real good at approximating <laughs> the amount of things in the list that I'm going to say this episode. Maybe it'll be better. But um, fuck, man. that's I've been listening to these songs nonstop. And it's some kind of weird, like... 80s synth inspired like post rock um just cool fucking vibe um it's like kind of rock but it isn't it's like kind of new wave but it isn't and uh you know there's a lot of bands that are at that have been playing with this like you know 80s synthy sound for a while now, because it's about that time, you know, if something is, you can go back in time, nostalgia wise, and go back, you know, what was popular 25 years ago today, or what was popular 30 years ago today. And you can kind of put your own spin on that and probably have a pretty good shot if you do it well of um, catching some ears because there's a nostalgic thing that comes along with it. And uh, just familiar, very beautiful sounds. And uh, such a great songwriter. And some of my other um, musician friends from that same scene, my friend Ari Sadowitz, who is um, an amazing bass player, amazing musician, he uh, told me that he played on um, a couple tracks on this album. But again, D.D. Walker, look him up on Spotify. Um, dude, I was, like, inspired. I want to I wanna make things with... Uh, using his music and um, just the best. One of the things I missed the most about um, stand-up when it went away last year is the drive to the shows, even in town, especially in town, because we live in the valley, and what that means is we got to go up and over a mountain to get into West Hollywood, where the majority of the shows are in, in L.A., like the Comedy Store in West Hollywood, Laugh Factory, Improv, you know, a lot of the independent shows are in West Hollywood, just where the most people are, and a bit of a younger crowd. And uh, driving from the valley, it's like 15, 20 minutes, and uh, everyone from the other side of the hill complains about it. But if you don't have 15 or 20 minutes to spare in your car, fucking get a podcast and sit on some ice. And um, so I, you know, around... Basically dusk every day in the before times, I had a show and I'd drive up over the mountain when the sun was setting 
and the sky, because of pollution and other factors, would be a beautiful, some would describe it as an imperial violet. And you would drive up over Mulholland. And a lot of times, and this was taught to me by um, the woman who taught me stand-up, is like, if you have a drive to the show, don't turn your radio on at all and just be in silence and think about your set. And that has helped me so much. But sometimes it's like, I want to, I want music, especially afterwards, you know, you want to keep feeling good. And this music, man, it's just the best. If any of you get in your car and you just drive, you got to fucking hear these songs and let me know what you think of these songs. I'm not going to tell you which one my favorite is because they're both like right there. And maybe my favorite is like just a, a millimeter ahead of the other ones. But um, so good for so many reasons. It's, I love the music in itself. I would love it if I had no idea who this kid was. But just the fact that it has that connection, like we were all so varying degrees of talent, by the way. I was never, I had a lot of fun. And I thought I was relatively unique for what I was doing. And I knew that I was going to be an acoustic guy, but I wasn't as good as John Mayer. So I was like, I'm going to do whatever I could do with my skill set. And I think I carved out a little niche for myself. I was like, um, dude, they used to, again, acoustic singer, songwriter music. And they used to have me open for like these fucking rock shows. And I remember playing, opening uh, metal uh, showcases at Toad's place just because people liked having me around and thought I was a good time and I, I would, you know, do my stupid banter and be stupid on the microphone and then sing my lovey-dovey songs. And people would be like, great, thank you for starting off the show. Here are all the bands that you came to see. So when they used to put me on these shows, I used to love watching the other bands as, as much as I loved playing. And it was so good. And we were all fans of each other. Um, well, I was a fan of everybody's. And it was, you know, that's a thing that contributes to uh, to the these memories that, like, don't fade. And I'm not one of those people like, oh, God, if I was just you know, 21 again and playing these shows or 22, I don't want to go back to any age. I, I am having an, an amazing time being a, a 36 year old, but, um, just like, dude, when you find your people and you find your group and you're all like supportive of each other. And like when, <laughs> When, like, one of you wins, like, the whole town wins type thing. And that was, like, that was the vibe back then. And I would open the show, and then I'd be fucking, you know, in the back trying to be cool. And then I would eventually be, like, first or second row dancing around and, and um, you know, fucking rocking out with all my friends. So, anyway, Dee Dee Walker. Go listen to these fucking songs. A lot of my friends still making music, so I'm sure there will be uh, more recommendations. But this music, man, I was... Um, me and my best friend Aaron used to drive all the time. You know, because we were just kind of sleepy Connecticut town, and we weren't super close to any cities. Even when we could drink, we weren't big drinkers, so we would go out for a little while, and then we'd be like, this place is lame. Do you want to go? We would call it, we would call it the excursion and uh, the PHRC, which stood for something else. <laughs> but we found this loop that basically went from our town through all of these surrounding towns, and we'd just do this circle. And we'd listen to music, and we'd listen to Incubus, and we would just sing because my friend Aaron has a great voice. So we would sing and, and harmonize and uh, just for hours we'd drive around and it was the goddamn best. And uh, the soundtrack to that, as I'm sure is the case with, with many of, of you, because this is how it kind of works. The soundtrack to certain years of our life, certain summer, summers of our life, like I could hear the song Mexico by Incubus and be transported to... You know, me and Aaron hanging out, driving down Dracula Drive in Monroe, Connecticut, 
and I could feel the bumps in the road and, you know, throwing Snapple bottles out the window and hearing them crash on the street. And that was a stupid adolescent thing that no one should do, but we did it. Um, but now I still love to drive, but I'm in a, I'm in such a different place. I had a lot of free time back then somehow, you know, in between, like maybe I was home from college for a summer. So we had a lot of like going out and fucking around and driving around time. And now I'm in my car out of necessity, you know, I'm either going to shows in and around LA or, you know, like on Wednesday, I'm driving to San Diego for a show. I'm at the American Comedy Club on Wednesday, by the way, a little plug, MikeFellzone.com for ticks. Takes on the bio. So um, I just value my time in the car. I love listening to podcasts about very specific things that that none of my other friends would give a shit about. And uh, I love listening to music. And to have, this is the long-winded way of saying, to have the connection to a band like Dee Dee Walker or a person like Dee Dee Walker, I don't know what he, if it's him, if it's a band. I don't know. Anyway, to have this like nostalgic, we played music together in our early 20s <laughs> connection to like, now I get to listen to you be awesome while I'm driving to a show where I'm a comedian on this show that doesn't suck 80% of the time. You know, it's it's just fun. It's like he worked super hard to get really good at what he did and he's still doing it and I worked really hard to get however good I am at what I do and we're still like uh, I still get to listen to him and I still get to uh, be a fan of my friends speaking of which uh, brings us to the sponsor of today's episode, Sebastian O. Sebastian O has been a, it's either $50 or $100 sponsor on Patreon for a long time. And I think it's, I want to say $100 sponsor. I don't know for sure. I haven't checked it in a long time. But um, one of those tiers, you get to promote something on the podcast. And uh, Sebastian's always shouting out, Stuff and lifting up other members of the community or um, his community or ours. The um, and uh, he decided to do that again uh, this week. With uh, he wants to um, throw his support behind Heather's TikTok. Heather Zink is a longtime um, homie of the show. And uh, uh, just a great member of the the podcast community. Uh, Newly appointed doctor. I think she got knighted as a doctor. Um, So uh, he was like, Heather's really been killing it on TikTok. And uh, he wants you guys to all to know that. And we'll talk about TikTok in in a second. But Heather's name is Stop... Heather Time, which is a fine name. Again, stop, S-T-O-P, Heather, spelled like weather, time. And uh, she really has. She's been doing great on TikTok. She's been kind of stretching her legs as a comedian and trying her, trying to, you know, go to open mics and stuff and, and see about I don't. I I was gonna say see about being a stand-up comedian, but I don't know if she wants. That. <laughs> I just think she wants the experience of doing it, which is also perfectly fine. I mean, she just fucking graduated from getting her doctorate, so she's she doesn't need to. She doesn't need this, <laughs> but um, she puts a lot of effort in, and uh, you know, when you put a lot of effort in, 
and you you try, people see that. And it might not always be who you want to see it, but you don't really have control over that a lot of the times. And you need to be so appreciative of who does see it. And Sebastian has um, taken notice, man, and likes it very much and, and wants to shout her out. So we used his Patreon sponsorship um, to do that. And that's just such a cool thing. And I like how everything that we've talked about today so far has... Uh, has kind of fed into each other. Um, speaking of which, I want to talk about TikTok for a little while. Um, when TikTok first came out, I signed up because that is like the nature of of how I am. And obviously, making stuff and creating stuff, putting it on the internet has changed my entire life. And it took me from this musician kid in uh, in Connecticut to seeing if I can get a a broader audience by putting things on these websites. Dude, my dad was just talking to me about how when I signed up for YouTube and started doing it consistently, 2006 and 2007, no one knew what that was. So it was just a weird thing. And it reminded me a lot of TikTok when it came out. And, um, you know, no one knows what it is and no one quite understands it. And and the especially the older crowd is like, whatever, they're going to... They steal your information and then whatever. You know, it's like when people started first paying for stuff with their credit card on the internet. And, and all of our parents were like, They're, everyone's going to come to our house. <laughs> um, so you just, you know, you get, what happens is you get older and you get burned by shit you put your trust in. So you put your trust in less things in hopes. It's like a self-preservation thing. So when TikTok first came out, I signed up and I think I did one and then I forgot the password. And then there was all that controversy about like privacy stuff with TikTok. And uh, I kind of fell into the late, maybe I'm not super late, but the later than I then would be characteristic for me, adapter of um, this new thing. And uh, so I fell off for a year or two, I guess. Um, I'm not quite sure when TikTok came out. And then this year, I've been um, just putting more... It's not even... I guess it's effort, but um, I think the way that I, I look at it is so the reason okay so <laughs> the the premise of this is I like TikTok very much and I was kind of late to the party because of personal hangups that I had and not fully understanding it and uh, and it's a bummer and that's kind of the the cycle it's like if something takes off it's like you you wish you were um, First of all, you you push it away, you keep it at arm's length, and then it blows up and, and you get on it and you have fun and you wish that you had done it sooner or you stay out forever. So I'm kind of falling into the camp of wishing that I had done it sooner. But also, I love um, when I got into it based on my past experience with the internet. So obviously I've been on YouTube for a long time and me and YouTube have had our ups and downs and recently we've come to an understanding and that is, you know, we put um, podcast clips of this podcast on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Mike Falzon and it's very different than how I was doing YouTube in, you know, 2012, 2013 where, you know, I had uh, Tuesdays and Fridays Tuesdays and Fridays were my day and it would be, you know, a lot of Q&A, personal advice type stuff. I would try to give advice based on things that any experience with your problem that I had in my personal life. And, um, you know, I would talk to my dad about how, like, you could put something goofy on the Internet and get millions of views or you could try to write some stuff down and organize your thoughts and um, assemble them in a way that might help somebody else save a little bit of time. And that meant a lot to me. And then I don't know if I got burnt out on that. There was an aspect of it that was that was heavy, you know, to read about what everybody was going through all the time. And there was no... 
you know, like blow off Valve for me. It was just me kind of, I would take on people's problems and I would, I would think about when I was going through similar problems in my life and what I would have done then and what I would do differently now, in, you know, in hopes that that helped whoever was writing me the question to get through what they had to get through quicker. And that was my, I know that a lot of people listening to this know my whole like origin story, but the shortest possible version is I had a couple stints in the hospital where I didn't know if I was coming out of the hospital. So then my time became the most valuable thing. That's like the lesson that you learn as you're getting older is like, you only have one set of time and you don't know when it's up. So every minute that goes by is your most important minute. So if you could save other people minutes before they have to, you know, go through the shit that helps them realize that, um, that to me was the most valuable thing I could do with my like internet presence. And I still love that. And I always wanted those videos to be evergreen. And then YouTube kind of changed hands a bunch of times and obviously it grew to this like massive thing. I had a conversation with a, um, with a YouTube representative once that was like, you know, it was like in 2006, 2007, this little town, YouTube was like a town and, uh, you know, you know, everybody in the town, you know, everybody who does it, we would go to, you know, YouTube gatherings that had nothing to do with YouTube. It was just the people on the site would be like, um, on, uh, six, seven, eight. So on June 7th, 2008, we'll all go to New York city and meet up in central park or whatever, or, uh, seven, 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 we'll go to New York. And, you know, we'll try to meet up in a big city and, and figure out, um, you know, who this weird group of people is that are using this website. So it grew and grew and it grew into a town and then it grew into a country and then it grew into like the world knows about YouTube and the world utilizes YouTube. So it just got too big to to govern and to curate um, by hand, you know, so they introduce like algorithms and my thing was always, and is still, I'm never going to do one thing. Like even now I love stand up comedy so much, but I've been loving taking photos and I spent years of my life trying to get good at, at taking photos. And I don't want to stop doing that just because I love stand up comedy so much. And I was told my whole life as a, a musician, people were like, no one, the thing is people, the everyday person, like if you at home told a stranger about me right now, they'd be like, tell me about this guy. And you would probably say comedian because over the past couple of years, it's been very clear by how much I love doing standup and stuff that uh, I would consider myself an artist and you might consider me a comedian. I also consider myself a comedian, but in my heart, like I'm an artist because I did the music thing, but I also wanted to do comedy. So I was doing both and I would have anyone with any type of clout in the music industry be like, you got to pick one, you know, are you a funny musician or are you a comedian who does like a musical comedian or whatever? And they weren't saying pick one and don't do the other one to be a jerk or anything. They were just like, it's going to be easier for people to get you if they know that you do one thing. You look at that guy and you say, he's a comedian. And uh, the same thing happens with um, the algorithm, these algorithms, is that if I was still flat up doing music... And doing comedy and putting out both of those videos, even though it would be very creatively fulfilling, YouTube wouldn't know who to show my videos to. Because if you subscribe to me because you're a fan of my stand-up, a fan-up, <laughs> you ever wish you can go back in time and not say something? Um, if you were a fan of my stand-up and then I'm like, and I'm releasing an album about heartbreak and autumn tomorrow, 
you might not necessarily, even though that's the way my heart and my stupid brain might work, you don't know where to put that. Like think about if we just released physical things and you kept them in a box like comic books and you're like, this is the comedy box and this is where Mike goes because he's a comedian. Next thing you know, I come out with a music album that's not necessarily funny. You're like, okay, well, I have this comedy box. This is where Mike normally goes and now I got to figure out where to put this. And, um, you know, it's a robot, dude. So a robot doesn't know who to show you to if you're, if you're doing multiple things. So I'm a comedian for better or worse. And I kind of had my, um, my time with music. And um, uh, I think it's, it's helped me progress as a creative professional to have an idea of how all that stuff works. But, you know, um, to kind of not do it anymore because now I could focus on comedy and I could do different types of comedy. But at the end of the day, like we might talk about serious stuff every once in a while on this podcast, but overall it's very light. We try to make each other laugh and it's supposed to be funny. It's comedy podcast, me and Steve comedy podcast. Um, and I think that increasingly it is more, um, accepted to do multiple things now. And I think people understand the YouTube lifestyle that you have to be a comedian, but also you have to be, a, you know, a DP. And also you have to be a professional video editor. And also you have to be a marketing person and understand the psychology behind all that stuff to be a successful, like, self-made person. Um... So I think to bring it all around, uh, I had a video blow up on TikTok and there's two versions of it. There's one with music and one without music. And they both have like two and a half million views. And I've put out like 30 videos on TikTok. And uh, it took me years. Dude, I don't think, I think the only YouTube video I have millions of views on was an advertisement I did for a Google, um, laptop. They sent me a laptop and they were like, well, you know, we'll pay you to talk about it. And then I think they made that video into a, uh, into an ad, into a pre-roll ad. So that was something that was paid to have, I think it got like 10 million views or something ridiculous. Then after that, I don't know if that fucked up my algorithm or what, but that made my you know, everything after that kind of slowly declined in views, but my mindset started to change. And I was like, it feels so good to make stuff that I'm not going to worry about views anymore. It's just, I'm going to make the thing. And I took that into TikTok and I was like, I get so much enjoyment and fulfillment out of doing stand up now because it's the best of both worlds. It feels like you know, when I used to play music and stand on stage and get that, you know, the audience is there and you get that instant feedback and you can look out and really figure out whether people are enjoying what you're doing or not. And everyone's right there. And, um, so I get this fulfillment and I get this, uh, fulfillment, I guess is, is, um, the most accurate way to say it. It, it fills me with joy and it fills up my creative, meter box inside my house, inside my chest, my, my heart house. And, uh, and I love it so much. And, you know, I know I could still do, uh, funny videos and, but if I put something on YouTube now, I'm like, whoever sees it, sees it. And I've experienced what it was like to feel like a popular YouTube person for me. You know, I've been in a lot of, Source-fed videos that have done very well. I've had a bunch of advice videos do do very well, even though they were never in like the too too many in the hundreds of thousands or you know none were in the millions. But I you know I was just like I'm just talking about my past life experience, and they're getting all these views, and that's great. And that led me to things like you know playlist live and and VidCon and I could tour around the country and people would show up just because I was able to reach them with this video website. Spit a little bit there. Um, and TikTok now 
feels like I use it very much like a like I like watching other people's videos and I like using it like a sketch pad. And it's just like if you have a stupid idea, like the video of mine that blew up was me and and Zoya exercising. And I was just like, film me exercising for a second. We're going to have a little conversation. I edited the thing. And the whole thing top to bottom took me like 30, 40 minutes. And then it blows up and is seen by 4 million people. Like that's ridiculous. And my point of this entire TikTok conversation is that it really feels like YouTube in like 2010-2012 where you could put something out and everybody has a chance. And when my YouTube stuff started blowing up and I was invited to these things and meeting all these people and touring the country, it changed my life in so many ways. Obviously, I never, ever thought I would live in Los Angeles. You don't have to live in Los Angeles I, um, or anywhere. The point was like I was able to travel the country and go to all these places I never thought I would be. Portland, Seattle, all these places that were always so far away from me in the Northeast in Connecticut, Canada, England, all these places that I I was I was like maybe I'll go when I'm a grown up and I have enough money and I have a job and I'll take a vacation I'll plan a vacation maybe someday I was able to go there because I took a chance on making something and putting it on the internet and uh, the right people saw it like always and um, and that whole thing changed my life. And the more you travel, the more different types of people you get to meet and you get to hear their stories and what their life is like from their mouth and you get to ingest all of these different opinions. And uh, I think it just makes you a, a really well-rounded person. And even if... You make stuff. Bottom line is I'm encouraging everyone to make stuff if you have any desire to make stuff. And put it out there and just see what happens. And even if nothing happens, you're kind of massaging that part of your brain that likes to make stuff. And you learn so much shit about yourself when you make stuff. I was just talking to Kevin before I hit record on the thing. And I was talking about how that camera was crooked. And I was like, I really don't feel like getting up because I sat down, you know, I just got out of the shower, I made coffee, I'm set, I'm, it took me all day to be like, okay, now I'll do the podcast, right? And I didn't feel like getting up and adjusting the camera, even though it was wrong. And we're out of focus, <laughs> as we've seen many times. But the difference between, all that is to say, like, I've learned this about myself, and this is from a fucking very young age, coming from me specifically. The difference between making something that is fine and done, and the difference between that and something that is good or great, is the extra two seconds of doing something that you might not feel like doing, but that you know is going to make the final product better. I'm not saying that you have to do that part. I'm saying that if I didn't make shit and force myself to like make it to a point where I thought it was good enough to put out for years, I would have never learned that about myself. And I was so shitty in school, in grade school, in middle school, high school, college until senior year. So shitty because I didn't have the passion for what I was learning about all the time. And I wanted to do other things. I wanted to go play music. I wanted to go hang out with my friends. I didn't want to put in the extra five minutes. I wanted to spend exactly as long or cut corners until it was done. Because what was important to me is getting it done. Even in school, I'm like, C's get degrees, player. And I wanted to be in school. And I wanted to be in school. And I wanted to get whatever test score I had to do to be able to pass to the next grade. And that was my work ethic. And then as soon as my parents were like, go ahead and be an artist if you want, but you bet your ass you're paying your own way through life, you know, and we're not going to, we're not going to help you out. 
you have to figure out how to be a grown up if you want to do this artistic stuff. And that's why I say, like, I, I just think my parents raised me perfectly. And anyone with young kids out there, and your kids are getting older, I would definitely um, suggest that. Because I, th- I think they did a good job. I think I, I know a lot about life um, because of how they, they made me go through it. And I'm very appreciative for that. But um, I've seen so many people. And, and also, I know so many people who are so funny and so talented and so creative. My mom is one of them. My mom is an incredible artist. But she didn't always have the time because of me or... Uh, her job to work on art and to exercise the artistic part of her brain. And now that there's like an app like TikTok, you could just do that. You could do it once a week if you want. You could do it once a month. You just have it and you could work out that artistic part of your brain and you never know what you're going to learn about yourself. And some of the things that you might learn about yourself might make you better in every other aspect of your life. So, long story short, <laughs> long story short, I love TikTok. I'm sorry I didn't understand it for so long. And I was bummed out about that because I was talking to my dad about this. It's like MySpace, MP3.com, uh, uh, YouTube. I was like early adapter, dude. And I signed up for them when they started. And I was like, let's go. If, if, if signing up for this thing meant I could reach more people with my music, um, that's what I want. And what ended up happening was I did reach more people with my music. And then I realized that it wasn't music I wanted to do. It was make people laugh. And hopefully save people time. And I learned all that by going through, by forcing myself to make things that I could be proud of. And uh, all those like evergreen videos, it's like I wanted those to last forever. I wanted my um, opinions to come from a, a good and honest place that I could look back and not fucking cringe on everything. I'm sure there's a lot of cringe because it's been 15 years. But... I don't know, man. I always wanted to be proud of it because that's how I was raised. My parents, um, you know, my dad's a carpenter and he's like, if, if you don't make a good thing, like somebody falls through the floor or, or you know, the roof collapses or, or your bunk beds collapse like in Step Brothers. And my mom, you know, she just has a crazy brain and she just always did. She was like, why would you even do something if you... If you weren't going to do a good job at it. And I never got it until I devoted my life to trying to be a creative professional. And you live and die on uh, how much effort you put in <laughs> you put into a thing. Zoe does it too. And I guess I'm just really, even though I know it, I'm happy that um, my parents are proud of me. And I'm happy to have you watching and listening. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. And even if it, it does seem like work sometimes, it's like, you know, I've had jobs where it seems like work all the time. And then you get off work and you're like, I just worked because I, because you have to, you know, and you got to get money to do the things that you want to do. But this job is like, I work and then sometimes I make strangers happier 
and I make myself happier and I learn things about myself. I learn things about the world and it's just the best job I've ever had. So thank you for letting me have this job. Please do something creative today. Even if you don't want to or that's not your path, I'm sure you know somebody creative and do something to to support them and to encourage them. Because encouragement is so important. And I encourage you all to do that. All right. So um, Zoya helped us out via satellite with the sponsors. Um, if you want to become a Patreon sponsor, you go to patreon.com slash welcome to our podcast or WTOP. One of those. I still don't know which one it is. And, uh, and you know, we'd love to have your support in that way. Um, also, WTOP.clothing, you can get a, uh, a T-shirt or sweatshirt. Um, if you look on the links to my website, MikeFalzone.com, there's a link to a shop in there where you can get our coffee, which has been flying off the shelves. And the coffee roaster is so appreciative to all of you guys. Our favorite coffee shop has, you know, been... Um, you know, they've been uh, kind of what I, I'm losing words, but they're they're in like our circle now, and so they know about you guys, and and they know about us, and they're happy to be part of it, man. Um, and they love that that you know the feedback has been good, and that you guys like their stuff, and that's what they're passionate about, and it shows because all their stuff is awesome. So uh, if you're a ten dollar group. If you're a $10 member of the podcast, I think Zoya says all this stuff. You know how it is. We say your name at the end of the podcast. Thank you for letting me talk and almost cry seven times. I don't know why that happened. It's been a long day. It's been a long couple weeks. Getting used to, man, it was zero to 500 miles an hour when we got our vaccines and things started opening up again. And it's, you know, so thankful so thankful. It's not easy to... It just wasn't easy to work as hard as I could for so long to get good at something that I was finally doing every night and then uh, to not be able to do it and to do it again and to be with you guys in a live setting is... uh, I'll never be able to describe how good that feels. So here's Zoya with the names. Bye. Hey, guys. As you know, Patreon.com is a virtual tipping and rewards website where you give us a little bit of your hard-earned cash, and we keep this going for you and pay people to help us. So thank you. Um, uh, all of, uh, the $10 group, they all get a shout out and that goes a little something like this. Uh, Mike Genie, Alan Garcia, Connie Tryon, Dunkit Donuts, Doze Nuts. I'm sorry. I fucked that up. It's Dunkit Doze Nuts and I kind of like it. Uh, Story Strathman, Allie, Billy Martinez, Mitra Cam, Antero Baez, uh, Justin Batdorf, uh, Iviana Dubin, M. Somerville, Chris Fernandez, Burrow Babes, Jacob Dent, uh, Johnny Rosito, Handcrafted Neckwear, CCPB and J, Reese Carnes, Stevie, Adam Strong, Gab, uh, Ga- Gab, <laughs> Gabe Earnhardt, uh, Adma- uh, Admammed, Chili Filson, Emily Paget. Still Stefan, Giant Tom Hanks, Lizzie Love, Gavin Welsh, Crossed Up, Someone Tell Aaron, Yuck Nasty, Emily Buck, Tomato Squeezer, Jackie Hammond, Paige Jansen, Ian, I guess, Crook Nose Johnson, <laughs> Happy Birthday Chris, Anna Val- uh, Valles, Oops Just Dale, Jason Perryman, Benjamin Putz, Marcus Oreo, Justin Crockett, Lexi Parlier, Marquise Cruz, Beth Butch, Bo- Wow. Beth Bush, Snuggle Pig H. I'm fucking up today, you guys. I'm sorry. 
I'm actually sitting with my mom and my sister and my brother-in-law in Seattle while I'm doing this for you. So, and they're probably going to be like, what the fuck was that? Anyway, Shaylin O'Mara, Ryan Ashbrook. They keep kind of laughing and giggling. My mom and my sister both have a, have a smile on their face right now as I'm waiting for the second page to load because I'm doing this all on my phone. And my brother-in-law's trying not to shout penis. Uh, Taylor, Christina Camille, Nils Nightquest, Josh Standin, Josh Steppen, uh, Michael Johnson, uh, Sid Trom, Joseph Dilcox, Kayla Johnston, Jules Run, Faith Rebecca Borga, Grant Levisure, Chad Clark, Kendall Marie, Joe Finney, Heather Ashley, What is Cat? Katie Taylor, Zoya's bodyguard, Shane Welsh, Jacob Alvey, uh, Ivan Canoe, Good Humans Pod, Milky Beans, Antler, Jess Unright, Lillian Carrillo, Hannah McCurry, Barrington Lloyd Lovett, Benjamin Fuchs, Fuchs, I'm sorry, Chelsea Thomas, Bryden Clawsmith, uh, Logan Snyder, Danielo Sinclair, Jr., Jacob D. Bradford, uh, Justine B.B. Steen. Stein. Steen? I'm going to say Steen. Uh, Chris Robinson. Just Josh. Sergeant Sparty. Ed Birch. Chiggity Diggity 11. Uh, Wandering G Bear. Helen Ford. Noah Miller. Superfloss. Uh, Tatiana Clay. Danielle D. Verona. John Robinson. Katie A. Sean Stone. If you guys giggle the way my sister is giggling right now, I probably sound like an asshole most days. Valerie York, uh, Valerie York, Scott Harrington, Dev, Jesse Stilwell, Katie Lee G, Rob DeVille, um, Don Bure, Nestor DeLeon III, Dara McGrath, Louis Hernandez, Marnique, Mo- Monique Quistorf, Troy R, Cody Ostalas, what? Uh, my brother-in-law's talking shit. Felicia Shimberry, and last but not least... A fan favorite, Matthew J. Palka. You guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry I wasn't there this week. I'm sure Mike did an okay job. Uh, but we love him too. And I love all of you. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. And Tim is eating Cheez-Its.